As more industries are being affected by the growth of the internet, apps, and smartphones, the notion of a lifetime career in one job is becoming almost obsolete. Common career advice today is to get out there, sell yourself, and network. But that kind of advice can be very difficult, even excruciating, if you're an introvert. For this week's Please Explain, we are talking about introversion with Maura Aaron Mealy, the founder of the award-winning social impact agency Women Online. She's the host of the Forbes podcast, Hiding in the Bathroom, and author of a new book called Hiding in the Bathroom, an introvert's roadmap to getting out there when you'd rather stay home. It's published by Day Street. I'm very pleased it has brought her to our show. Hello. Hi, Leonard. And on these Please Explain segments, we want to hear from our listeners. If you're an introvert, try to get past your crippling shyness and give us a call. How do you navigate your various commitments at work, at home, in your social life? Have you found ways to cope with those day-to-day tasks that can sometimes feel overwhelming? Or are you feeling overwhelmed? Give us a call at 212-433-9692. You can write to us on our show page at wnyc.org slash Lopate or on Facebook or Twitter where our handle is at Leonard Lopate. You interviewed many CEOs and leaders. Are there any introverts in that group? There are many, many introverts. Um, You know, there's no blood test to tell if you're an introvert, but probably half the population skews more introverted. Thing, Although many people will tell you that they're they're shy or they're introverted when everyone else thinks they're not. Well, that is the key. If you're ambitious and you want to, quote, make it, be successful, certainly if you want to be a CEO, have a big career, you probably learn how to fake extroversion or at least sort of bury your introversion. If you're smart, you arrange your schedule. So you may go and give a speech or do whatever it is you need to do as a CEO and then build in an hour of alone time in a dark room. But Leonard, I just I just want to say one thing, which is that um, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what introversion is and what it isn't. And not all introverts are quiet. Not all introverts are shy. I'm super chatty. <laughs> I like public speaking. But I also love to be alone. My perfect day is a day with no meetings and very little human interaction outside my family. So all introversion means really is that you do your best work in a quiet environment. You like to be with yourself. You might be overwhelmed and overstimulated. It's sort of like Superman with the kryptonite draining the energy out of you by bright lights, a lot of stimulation, an open plan office. You do your best work, not maybe in an open plan office for 10 hours a day. That's what it means. And some people would even see it in terms of being at a a party where you have to talk to strangers. (laughs) Uh, People who we might think of as extroverted suddenly become really shy and think of themselves as introverted. That's right. And and they may actually be having some social anxiety, which I also think is really important to talk about. Many, many of us are introverts, but we also have social anxiety, which means that we may walk into a room or a party and feel like no one likes us. We're not worthwhile to talk to. We just get anxious. I, I'm that way. My husband and I actually have a 90-minute rule where if we go to a function together, I'm allowed to leave after 90 minutes because I just can't take it anymore. How does anxiety affect the way you see failure and success? I think anxiety is certainly normal, and many of us feel sort of appropriate situational anxiety, right, before a job interview. Mm -hmm. I was just in a cafe, and I could tell the guy was preparing for a job interview. He kept shuffling his resume. That's normal anxiety that we all feel. 
Many of us, however, with generalized anxiety or social anxiety, we live with it every single day. Just waking up and going to work makes us anxious. Walking into that big office makes us anxious. We've got to negotiate with that. At what point in your career did you realize that you might be labeled an introvert? I quit nine jobs in a short amount of time. I kept getting promoted or getting better jobs, having then panic attacks, clinical depression, crying in bathrooms, and thinking, what the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> and it wasn't until I quit my last job and started freelancing that I realized I like to be alone. I do my best work from my home in my pajamas. Office politics, happy hours, networking make me feel sick and tired. Well, more and more of that is possible these days because we rely so much on computers. But I wonder about people in, who felt the same way 30 years ago or 50 years ago. I think it was really hard. I think in the same way that the workplace has become sort of more flexible, you know, where now it's a, I talk to people all the time with kids 20 years older than mine who said, you know, before if I wanted to leave for a soccer game, it was kind of a big deal. And now that we have smartphones, many of us slip in and out. I think that the idea of working from home, you know, a third of the workforce works from home. That much? Yes. And actually, I heard a mind-boggling statistic because sadly, we think working from home is sort of a mommy thing, which I have a big problem with. It's mostly men who work from home because of the kind of jobs that they have. And so I think we need to flip the script, A, on what ambition looks like at work. Working from home is a normal part of life, and many of us do our best work working from home. But you've also become an entrepreneur. Usually we associate that with extroversion because you got to go out there and you got to get people to pay for what (laughs) you want to do. And you have to be larger than life and you have to never sleep and take risks. I am the most fearful, risk-averse entrepreneur. I I am a hermit also. I, I prefer never to leave my house. So for me to be an entrepreneur is really weird and that's part of the reason why I wrote the book. I want to show people that you don't have to be mega all the time to be a successful entrepreneur. Well, uh, let's talk a bit about hermits. Uh, uh, How would you define a hermit? Are hermits and introverts the same thing? No. Um, Introverts are among us, and they often go on to build the biggest companies, run the U.S. I mean, Barack Obama was an introvert. So there are many big, big deal introverts out there. Hermits are different. You're probably an introvert if you're a hermit because it means you really want to be alone. And then there are hermits and there are hermits. Yes. <laughs> there are hermits who live in the woods, deep in the woods, without uh, any uh, any contact with the rest of the world. Eating nuts and berries. Yeah. No, I am not that. I don't eat nuts and berries and I, you know, put on put on lipstick and come out in the world. But given my want, I try to work from home three days a week and be out there two days a week. I'm a hermit entrepreneur and I've developed a pattern that gives me that alone time. It's a tongue-in-cheek term. But you have to develop boundaries, don't you? So many of us, you know, I have a great quote from a psychologist in my book who says, you know, most people show up in my office because they haven't been paying attention to their boundaries. You know, again, especially if we're ambitious and we want to, quote, make it, we defy our boundaries all the time, right? We answer our boss's email at 10 p.m. We work weird hours. We work in the office when it's bad for us. We don't listen to our boundaries because we don't think it's we're allowed to. So is it harder for introverts and hermits to say no, to stand up for their own boundaries? It can be. I think, though, that honestly, it's hard for all of us, too, because we live in a boundary-defying age and social media and 
iPhones are making that worse. You have to know your boundaries, though. Otherwise, you will get stressed out. And you will quit jobs how and you'll you, be unhappy. Well, how do you recommend people say no professionally and, and gracefully? This is the challenge, right? And I, I have almost a whole chapter devoted to saying no with style. I think the first thing is to, in yourself, know what you can say yes to and know what you can say no to. So, for example, if your boss, if you're an introvert and you hate networking events and your boss really wants you to go to a networking event, know if you can say no to it. Did you go last year and get clients from it? Did you get good leads? Well, you probably have to say yes and suck it up and then go hide in the bathroom to take a break. But if it was a waste of your time and you're working you know, from your home office on an amazing presentation to a client who's probably going to come through, give that as an option instead. So be strategic about what you say yes to, what you can say no to. And also, own your no. A lot of us get in trouble because we say yes and then we say no. I do all the time because I get anxious. What I've learned over time is to say no and leave the door open for later. So there are a lot of strategies, but the key is not to be afraid of no, because it's almost like owning a silence in a conversation. It can make you stronger. Can't you just simply say, you know, I have something else I'm, I, I'm committed to doing that day? Not always to your <laughs> boss. <laughs> right? My guest is Maura Ahrens Mealy. Her book, Hiding in the Bathroom, an introvert's roadmap to getting out there when you'd rather stay home. And we are taking your calls at 212-433-9692. You can write to us on our show page at WNYC.org or on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle is at Leonard Lopate. And Amy from Manhattan, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, well, you know, I've called in so many times, and I, I can, a lot of times I can be very good at the beginning stages of, of, of meeting people uh, and just don't know how to take it beyond that um, and I just very get very awkward. Well, do you think of yourself and, as an introvert, Amy? Um, in a lot of ways. Um, on the other hand, I do like to get out and be with people. But I sometimes I feel like I'm not that that good at it beyond the, um, you know, like I said, those initial stages. And sometimes I surprise myself how good I am with that. Well, Amy, this so is... So where do I fall on that? Go ahead. Oh, well, I, I just wanted to say, this is a great question, and congratulations oh. on getting out there. <laughs> and, and honestly, this is where hiding in the bathroom comes in. Sometimes you've just got to chunk your time. You know, you say you're really good. Maybe you're really good at a networking event or an awkward cocktail party for 20 <laughs> minutes. That's awesome, right? If you're feeling like Superman and the kryptonite <laughs> is draining you... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't no? take it that far. <laughs> Is it five minutes, Amy? <laughs> Three and a half? <laughs> One question? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I never timed it. <laughs> and, you know, that, that's me being awkward again. Uh, I don't know how to answer that. Um, I could say that, that um, I have gotten uh, in uh, a few, um, like, online communities. One in particular that uh, got, uh, I got... I, I may be... Uh, I make him off better uh, online than I do in person. You know what? So many I, introverts I've gotten, do. So I, I just want to follow that. With, uh, and in one case, I got to know several people in real life. And that was very nice. But again, there was that, um, you know, I think in some ways it, it, it may cost me relationships because I just, you know, I just don't know where to take things. Or how to take things. I, <laughs> I, no, of, I, I, I understand that, and I, and I talk about that in the book. I, I, too, have lost relationships over the years um, because I have been 
too shy to follow up or too anxious to follow up or sometimes don't even feel like I'm worth someone's time. I think that this is really common. And the beautiful thing about developing relationships in online community is that you have time and you can talk from behind the screen in a medium that makes you comfortable and be your authentic self without the social anxiety on top of it. So I would encourage you, I love online community and take your time and do what's authentic. Now, is is this also a self-esteem thing? Because some people uh, keep quiet because they have what I would think of as low self-esteem. They think that anything they might say would not be of interest to other people. Well, that's right. And I think that introversion is a piece of this because as introverts, if you talk less, you may get the message that you're less worthy. You know, think of a meeting. If you don't talk in a meeting, at the end of the meeting, the boss might say, who haven't we heard from? Oh, Leonard, we haven't heard from you. Is there something you'd like to say? Think about how patronizing that is and how bad that makes you feel. So race, gender, and age also play into this. There are many things that can make us feel like our voices aren't worth hearing. One personality trait that we often associate with introverts is that they live in their own heads too much. It, it, it can be true. And certainly if you layer on some social anxiety, we, we definitely ruminate. I am a stewer and a ruminator and always have a powerful internal dialogue going on that's often against my better interests. That's why I'm a huge fan of getting out of your head and trying to either shine your light on something else. So Amy, an example could be if you're feeling anxious online connecting, say something nice to a friend, even if it's just a hi on Facebook or a recommendation on LinkedIn, it will get you out of your head and that other person will respond favorably. And there you go. Okay, Amy? In that, in the online situation. <laughs> thank you for calling um, us. Thank you. Timothy from Long Island, you're on the air. Hi, um, I wanted to ask um, if the presenter had any advice on when introversion is mistaken for being um, rude or unwilling to engage with others. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's true. <laughs> I've been called the B word, actually, because I've been maybe on a work trip where there was it was expected to go out, you know, sort of drinking after the end of a long day. And instead, I wanted to go be by myself. And people, you know, they sort of think, well, what's wrong with you? Are, we, are you too good for us? You're a little bit stuck up. I totally get it, Anthony. And I think that the key is if you're with people who you know well or in a team at work, be open about it. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. I'm an introvert. I need a little time to recharge. I'll catch you guys later. Oh, you're going for lunch? Oh, you know what? I've, I've got some work to finish. I think that if we feel ashamed that we aren't always on, we perpetuate the negative stereotypes. And what you're feeling is very real, but I think you can take some control and and own the fact that you need to be alone. And actually, frankly, that's a good thing. Okay, Timothy? Right. Yeah, thank you. And we had to take a little break. We've got a lot of calls coming in. We want to get to as many of them as we can for today's Please Explain Look at Introversion with Maura Ahrens Mealy, who not only has written a book about it called Hiding in the Bathroom, an Introvert's Roadmap to Getting Out There When You'd Rather Stay Home, the book is published by Day Street. You also have a blog with the same name. Hidinginthebathroom.com. And? A podcast wow. called, of course, Hiding in the Bathroom. And we'll be back with more about Hiding in the Bathroom after this.
And we are back with Maura Aaron's Mealy, her book, Hiding in the Bathroom, an introvert's roadmap to getting out there when you'd rather stay home. It's published by Day Street. Uh, it is the introversion is the topic on today's Please Explain uh, segments when we invite you to join in the conversation and tell us about how you relate to these things, and people have been writing in as well. They can You can call us at 212-433-9692 or write to us on our show page at wnyc.org uh, slash lopate or Facebook or Twitter. Uh, anyway, uh, Patty Ritchie writes on Twitter, I am considered an extrovert, but I can experience social anxiety too when, I go, when I'm going into a room cold and without a wing person. <laughs> Those wing persons are important. I absolutely think so. For me, I I call it adopting an extrovert. But I I (laughs) frankly, Patty, love to hear that you're an extrovert and and you have some social anxiety. Again, this stuff is not binary. You've got to have your partner. So if you are heading off to that networking event or professional conference or even dating, you know, meetup or whatever, I think having someone who you can check in with And you know what? If you have to go alone, have someone you can text. I have texted my husband from more bathrooms when I've been traveling for work or doing things that scare me. You have no idea. And we have a rule. I'll text him. He'll give me a pep talk, and then I can get out there. Joe from Bayside, you're on the air. Hey, Leonard. Hey, Maura. Nice to – thank you for having me on. I just – I wanted to explain a situation or two situations that I had – I used to work in public accounting, and I would go with the human resources uh, people to colleges to uh, speak to students about recruiting them. And um, in that situation, I was like an extrovert. I, you know, I was engaging. I would, I, I was, I would have felt very confident about dealing with people. Uh, I wasn't afraid of not knowing the answer to somebody's question or whatnot. Um, fast forward. Uh, to the present time, I yet uh, yesterday actually I went to a marketing event, a networking event with construction executives uh, in the industry I work in now, and I basically did the title of your book. I hid in a bathroom for a few minutes, and then I talked. I called my sister on the phone. Um, I kind of panicked, and what do you think happened, like, Joe? I you know I I think um, I was afraid of sort of embarrassing myself. Um, Are you new to this I, job? No, I, I mean, you know, I've been doing it for five years, but I walked into the room. I'm 32 years old. I walked into the room. Everybody there was 10 years my senior, yeah. and I did it alone. So maybe that was a little bit of it. But, um, you know, thinking back on it, there were things I could have uh, added a value to the seminar and the networking event. But I kind of I panicked. So um, I wasn't able like they got jumbled in my brain. Literally, I couldn't remember a name to somebody of an uh, author of a book I had just read. and I just wanted to know if you had any like coping mechanisms for having that kind of panic. And before you do, do you think there's a chemical aspect to this sometimes? There are days when we're better able to handle things than others? Absolutely. I'm, there's probably hormonal aspects as well, and sometimes you're just off. You know, I had a, I got to tell you, I had a panic attack at a speech last week, and I passed out for a second. So it's real. I'm- grateful you're not doing it during our show no i'm fully present it's a good day touch wood so first of all never ever 
be embarrassed about hiding in the bathroom and resetting because what you're doing is you're taking care of yourself and you're giving yourself a moment. You know, one of the strategies that I wanted to suggest, and you mentioned that we, when you were on those campuses recruiting, which is really hard work and tough, you know, if you have social anxiety or you're an introvert, you liked it, is, you know, you were probably practiced, you had a job. Now maybe you're feeling intimidated you're not quite comfortable in your skin, and you're showing up without a task. It's very different to walk into a scary situation when you're on the clock, you know exactly what you're supposed to do, than when you sort of randomly walk in hoping to make a good impression. So my suggestion to you is give yourself a job, even if you have to make it up yourself. I'm going to get three business cards, and then I'm allowed to leave. For me, I have found that if I can go to an event and volunteer or have some sort of role and speak my practiced sort of work speech that I've done a million times, I'm fine. But when I walk in without a goal, I'm right there with you. Oh, that's a that's a really good uh, uh, strategy. Thank you. Thank you for calling us, good Joe. Luck. And uh, Ernesto from Queens, you're on the air. Hi, Leonard and Mara. Thank you very much for taking my phone call. You sound um, like an extrovert, Ernesto. I, I am. I uh, I'm. Uh, my whole life, I've been an extrovert, but actually, I'm not hiding in the bathroom. I, I'm hiding in my car because <laughs> my girlfriend's in the house, and it's actually about um, she's an introvert. She's a severe introvert, and in our relationship, we've been dating for two years, and I think I've like a sponge. I've become an introvert, just like her. <laughs> and I don't know how to fight this without making it feel like I, I don't want to blame her. I don't want her to feel ostracized more than she already is. But it's just kind of like, come on, let's go to a party. Oh oh, okay, you don't, you don't want to go? Okay, cool. Let's stay in again and play video games. So I don't know how to fight that or how to pull her out without dragging her, kicking and screaming. Have you have you talked to my husband? This sounds like a fight that I have regularly. But he also makes it sound like introversion is contagious on some level. <laughs> I don't think it's contagious. I think when we're in a couple, we take on each other's habits. Here's what I would say. I mean, this is definitely not medical advice, okay? But I okay. think that is in all things relationship, you have to compromise. And so like I said with my husband, we have a 90-minute rule. He may expect me to come to a, a work dinner or even a fun, quote, dinner and I will go and I will be fabulous for 90 minutes and then I get to go home or we will plan our schedules out. And, you know, we also have three kids. So that also adds a whole level of, you know, never wanting to go out. But I would say that you both maybe need to compromise and make a schedule. I know it doesn't sound romantic, but if you want to go out and she wants to stay home, you've got to meet in the middle and sit down and maybe do some calendaring. Yeah. So some days she goes out with you, and other days you stay in. That's with right. Her. Other days it's a Netflix day, you know, yeah. and and be clear so about you it. prioritize. That's right. This one is really important to me. We have to go, but that other one, okay. We have to go, but maybe we only have to go for an hour. Or I'm okay if you leave early. Take an Uber. I'll see you at home. I think the other thing is, you know, accepting what you can't change and compromising on what you can. Okay. Yeah, I, I thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, Happy hiding. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I was wondering if there's a connection between overachievement and introversion. I don't know that there's a connection between overachievement and introversion. Because you, you are an achiever, and you describe yourself as an introvert. So here's where I think it gets connected. I think that if you are driven to achieve, and you are an introvert, you struggle a lot more. Because the things that, as you 
grow your career, you will be asked to do. I think of, um, I think it was Joe, you know, going to this event with all these people who are older than him. He's driven to go there because he wants to grow his career, but he's struggling because it's against his nature and he's pushing himself. And so it just makes it a bit harder in the day to day. And you've got to have a plan. You write about a number of people here. Uh, Susan McPherson. Mm Mm-hmm. Why did you include her in your book? Susan McPherson, who lives in Brooklyn, so maybe she's listening, is the... You can call in, Susan. (laughs) She's she's probably connecting with someone. She is the most generous super connector I know. Now, here's a great hack if you, again, want to grow your career, but networking is hard for you. I have a quote in the book from someone who said, you know, I don't know why I go out anymore. The same 10 people give me all my leads and all my business. Who are those 10 people to you? Who are the people in your life? And it could go back 20 years. It could go back to your last job, your last six jobs, who have consistently brought you new opportunities, introduced you to new people. Susan is that super connector, and she is such a wonderful person. I've learned so much from her. I've watched her be an incredible hostess at a party and manage her sort of introverted tendencies sometimes. She's a super connector to me, and I value her. Who are yours? Well, you're asking me who my, No, uh, I'm just, it's a rhetorical uh, thing. <laughs> what do you think of Sheryl Sandberg's <laughs> mantra of, of lean in? Why are we still talking about Sheryl Sandberg and lean in? <laughs> because it's powerful. It's a, it's, a, it's a very strong concept that I, frankly, partially reject. I have a chapter called Lean In Less. Mm-hmm. You know, when I quit- but not my, lean out? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it's binary, right? You can't totally lean out if you're ambitious. But if you lean in more, you're going to fall over. So you need, again, to find that compromise. What's the difference between being introverted and being a hermit? Can you talk about Claire Shipman and what you learned from speaking with her? So Claire Shipman is the kind of person who looks extremely perfect, extremely extroverted, extremely always on from the outside. She's a Peabody award-winning journalist, TV host, entrepreneur, best-selling author, mother. I mean, oh my God, right? It makes me exhausted just talking about her. But she's an introvert. She's a ruminator. She loves to work from home. And so she, too, over many years, you know, she was a White House correspondent. She gave it up and had to literally detox from the overstimulation, but also the buzz it gave her in order to find her rhythm as someone who works three days a week on, two days from home. But she, you know, in some ways, many people would say she's less successful than she used to be, and she's okay with that. But if she's happier doing what she does. That's right. And she can still earn a good living. Who's to say she's less successful? Jennifer from Queens, you're on the air. Hi, Leonard. Hi, Morris. Nice to talk about introversion with you. Hi. Um, So I just recently started a job at um, Meetup, which is ironic while I was thinking about it on the phone, that (laughs) we're, we're meant to bring people together offline. And I identify as an introvert. Um, not a lot of people believe me because of like the misconceptions you stated earlier Mm -hmm. about like this, like false extroversion. Um, so I was wondering at my job, we're allowed to work from home one day a week and I kind of have trouble working in the office. It's my first time working in an open office plan. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering like, how could I bring up to my manager that, you know, my personality is, is different and that like I thrive more when I'm home and I like this idea of um, this three days a week at the office and two days from home or I was thinking maybe like a half day during the day at the office and then go home early and work the rest there and I want to kind of get that conversation started but I'm not really sure how and my introversion will definitely 
um, not help me make have it that harder. Conversation either. Yeah. Well, listen, there's a whole chapter in my book devoted to how to have these conversations. Yeah. First, I would say you said you're you're pretty new to Meetup, and I have been to those offices, and they are buzzy. So yes, I get it. Mm-hmm. I think that if you've only been there a short time, you're really correct in that you're trying to read the situation and figure out the dominant culture of the office and what your boss wants. I would say that when you feel ready, try what I call a hermit pilot. You could do what successful men have been doing for many years and just leave and not tell anyone because chances are they may not notice. I don't know what your job function is. But what you could also do is when you have, say, something coming up that you need to write or that you need to work on a report or a presentation, something that's pretty easy to understand why you might need quiet, say, you know, I got to work on this. I want to do a great job. I'm going to work from home Thursday. Especially when there's an open plan office. Yes. You yeah. you talk about sludge. <laughs> What's sludge? Oh, I'm sorry. Are you leaving early? <laughs> oh, wow. It must be nice to be you and get to leave early to pick up your kid. <laughs> hmm. You have another doctor's appointment? There's also sludge and open plan. I mean, you know it when you see it, right? I I talked to a fabulous office designer, and I said to him, you know, there are private spaces in many open plan offices, whether it's a telephone room or the lactation room. I can't even tell you how many times when I used to be pumping breast milk for my babies, I'd try to go into a lactation room, and it would be full of someone just trying to get a moment's (laughs) peace. (laughs) Smart offices now are designing private spaces for an introvert timeout, and they're making them easy to sort of discreet so that when you sneak off to them, people don't think, and this is sludge, hmm, I wonder if she's looking for another job. Why is she always going into a private room? Have you had to deal with sludge, Jennifer? Um, I haven't had to deal with sludge yet, but I do find that my office um, doesn't have as many um, places to go quietly. So I probably, I couldn't sneak out. Definitely, I wouldn't be noticed. Mm -hmm. Um, But no one has said anything if I've had to go home early or if I felt like I needed to work from home. Um, So they are very accepting, and I really appreciate that. Well, listen, Um, I mean, Jennifer, let me just give you some statistics, okay? And, you know, this applies to most people. I don't know what your job is. Your boss does not want you to quit because you need to work in a quiet environment to do good work for a limited amount of time. If you do quit, it will cost your boss a lot, and the company, a lot of money and time. It's a pain in the you-know-what. So own it do your best work you know if you had another way to ask to do your best work you wouldn't be but nervous. sometimes you have no choice i was yeah. uh, i was wooed by another broadcaster some years back and the situation would have been totally open offices and it's important for me to be able to sit in a closed office with members of my staff to talk about things i don't want everybody to hear what we're talking about uh, that was one of the reasons i turned down the job that's right. And, and Another I, reason was I wanted to stay in public broadcasting. Well, that's good. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think, again, there is no free lunch. And another thing you have to think about is what trade-offs am I willing to make? Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's prestige. Sometimes it's, you know, an exciting new opportunity. You know, this comes back to Claire Shipman. She turned down exciting opportunities because she knew she had to stay rooted in what would make her happy in the long term. Thank you for calling us. Jennifer Claude from Queens, you're on the air. Um, hello. Uh, I've always felt that I'm an introvert, but I'm a very animated person. It's just that I, I feel like uh, I, I force myself into uh, these uncomfortable situations. And uh, I, I almost feel like I'm holding myself captive. Hmm. Uh, 
forcing myself to uh, I'm I'm in sales, so I constantly have to uh, meet new people and kind of sell myself first. And Mara, you write that uh, one uh, field that introverts do quite well in is sales, which sounds counterintuitive. That's right. Well, I, I'm curious if, if you agree with that, um, Claude. Well, well, I I'm very um, I'm not the first guy to get up and and speak up, but when I'm introduced to a group of people, then you can't shut me up. It's always that one leap of faith uh, that you have to take. And and then um, once I, uh, I, I don't know, uh, carrying conversation with these people, re- I realize that um, I'm entertaining them. And then I got and then I feel like I have to be on all the time. Well, well, that's the key, right? Because sometimes, you know, we think that to sell well, we have to keep talking and be the smartest, funniest, sparkliest person in the room. And actually that's not always true and if you feel like you said that you are being held captive by what you feel the salesperson you should be is i would suggest that you think about when you have made your most successful sales long-term relationships the clients that keep coming back you know introverts sell differently and different people sell differently but one of the best things you can do to sell in a way that isn't typically salesy is to tune in to that other person and help them solve a problem because that's what sales is, right? You need a car, I'm going to give you a car. You need a website, I'm going to sell you a website package. Introverts can be amazing salespeople and sales can give you a lot of flexibility in your time, so it's a great idea, but you can't sell in a way that is toxic to who you are because eventually you'll get sick of it and you won't be you'll, you'll be found out. Do introverts also negotiate differently like when they're asking for a raise? I think we do. I think many of us do, though, and we feel powerless or we feel like we turn into sort of a puddle because, again, a lot of us think that negotiating in sales is Alec Baldwin and Glengarry Glen Ross, right? It's this uber alpha dude in the $80,000 watch, right, who is so, so combative. I can't negotiate like that. I have to negotiate in a way that I'm in touch with my emotions and maybe in a more collaborative way. And you talk about a bearability spectrum. Mm-hmm. It's just pushing it how far you can bear? I think that Claude was talking in a way. He feels that he's pushed himself sometimes beyond bearability. You know, work is demanding and the modern world is demanding. Commuting to work on the subway can be overstimulating and overwhelming. So one of the things, and I think of the caller who wanted to work from home, is if you have the ability and as you get more senior in your work, chunking your time into bearability, you know, how many meetings can I take a day where I have to sell and be on before I am drained like Superman? That's the bearability spectrum. You write that women, especially women introverts, need a strong digital brand. Can you talk more about that? Well, you know, I'm a social media strategist and an online community person, so I have a bias. But the best thing about having an online professional brand, and this is not Instagramming your breakfast. I want to be very clear. I, I talk about that too. You need to have a purposeful professional presence, whether it's a great LinkedIn page, whether you're writing, you can use Twitter. 
it sort of works as an annuity when you sleep. So one of my hacks is I love to work from home. I don't like to have to network all the time. If I can be online, you know, I have a great example of a Silicon Valley entrepreneur, Gina Bianchini. She does Q&A sessions on the answer website Quora. She says, you know, I can get so many views on Quora and talk about my expertise, and I don't have to give up a day talking at a conference, being nervous about my speech, schmoozing. How can having an online brand help you schmooze less in person? That is the calculus. We have to leave it there. There's so much more to talk about. Uh, Achievement porn, which you discuss here, uh, the uh, fear of missing out, Mm -hmm. but... I guess that's why people buy books. It's all in your book, (laughs) which is called Hiding in the Bathroom, an Introvert's Roadmap to Getting Out There When You'd Rather Stay Home, written by Maura Ahrens-Mealy, who's been our guest. It's published by Day Street. It's been a real pleasure having you on our show. Thank you so much.